Welcome to Murder and Mimosas. Just a quick disclaimer before we get started. Our show is Murder and Mimosas. It's a true crime podcast. This means that we do discuss crimes, including but not limited to disappearances, murder, and sexual assaults. All our episodes are told with the respect of the victims and the victims' families in mind. We strive to ensure that we provide factual information, but some information is more verifiable than others. With that, grab your mimosas, and let's dive in. It's Wicked Wednesday. Welcome back. I'm Shannon. And I'm Danica. This is our Wicked Wednesday special edition on Lisa Ann French. So grab your mimosas and settle in. It's 1973 on a cool Halloween night in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. I don't know if I said that right. Lisa Ann French is a nine-year-old little girl with brown shag hair, brown eyes, and looking forward to Halloween like most girls her age. She had hoped to be a butterfly, but her mother told her that it was much too cold for that costume, and she settled on being a hobo. Seems like a drastic change in costume. Yes. So she finishes supper, and just before 6 o'clock, she sets out to Pumpkin Place about a block away from her house. This is where some parents were hosting an outdoor Halloween party for their kids. The plan was to meet her friend, Ann Parker, and to go with her. But Ann was grounded and wasn't allowed to go. Lisa's neighborhood was a middle-class neighborhood, with mature trees that were losing their beautiful fall color leaves onto the sidewalks that adorn the streets, giving kids a safe place to walk. On her way, she decides to trick-or-treat a few houses. She makes it to the third house down from hers, where Gerald Turner lives. He's 25. He lives with his girlfriend, Arlene Pan, and they have a daughter together, but right now, he's home alone, as they have gone to the party at the pumpkin place. Lisa is no stranger to Gerald. He and his girlfriend rented the other side of the family's duplex for a time. Lisa got to know him, his girlfriend, and daughter. Lisa used to push their baby daughter in a stroller down the street. He invites Lisa into the house, and she enters. Once Lisa is in the house, he gets her to the bedroom where he rapes her and kills her. He knows his girlfriend and daughter will be home soon, so he hides her body in the bath until he can decide what to do with it. I can't believe you don't know how long you're going to be gone, and I think you have time for this, but clearly he doesn't think like I do. Of course not. So Arlene gets home about 7.15. When she returns home, she finds Gerald in a bathrobe on the couch, and he claims that he is sick. Arlene decides she and her daughter will go visit her mother for a while. This gives Gerald time to figure out how and where to dispose of Lisa's body. He puts Lisa's body in a garbage bag and her clothes in another bag and sets out to dump them. Lisa was supposed to be home by 7, so by 7.30, her mother began to worry. She started calling, looking around, trying to find her. By 10 o'clock that night, the neighborhood was made aware that Lisa was missing. Betty Wolfie, head of the block block parents, called 50 other block parents and told them to turn on their lights and to put 
signboards in the in windows. Danica, can you explain what a signboard is? Yeah, a signboard is like a piece of wood which has been painted with pictures or words, and it gives some information about a particular place, product, or event that's happening. So police start searching for her all night. Wait, there is no 48 hours missing first then? No, I guess not because they started right away and searched all night. The word spread and the community was looking for her. It was said that at least 5,000 joined in the search. They had volunteers on horseback, land rovers, and private planes circled overhead. This is the community I want to live in. I love that they were also willing to help find her in so quickly. I know, it's really impressive when you think about it. The police were even dragging rivers and creeks. So, Gerald uh, Rom was a farmer that lived in Chachada. I can't say that. Chachada. <laughs> Maybe. He was on his tractor and came upon trash bags in the brush on uh, Macaday Road, just off Highway 49. These bags were about 18 feet off the road when he found them. This is when Lisa was discovered that Saturday morning, November 3rd. How far is Tai Chida from Fonda Lake? It's about four miles northeast of Fonda Lake, so not far. The church is packed on the day of the funeral. Lisa is wearing her purple and white dress that she wore for her class pictures, and her mother, who was a hairstylist, fixed Lisa's hair. I'm not sure if I could do that, to be honest. I think I would be a wreck, but... At the same time, it's the last time you ever get to fix your little girl's hair. The police questioned Turner the day after the body was found, but didn't arrest him until August 8, 1974, when he confessed to police, although he later recanted his confession, claiming the police harassed him, and he finally confessed because of harassment. Do you know what caused Turner to be on the radar? I would have to believe due to the houses she went to that night. He was three houses down. The first two houses remembered her coming. He would have been the third and then no other signs of her or any other houses in what I would assume in that area could say for sure that they saw her after that. So Turner goes on to trial and is found guilty of second-degree murder and sentenced on February 4, 1975 to 38 years in prison. In 1992, Turner is paroled to a halfway house in Milwaukee after serving 17 years in prison. People aren't crazy about him living here, and people aren't picketing, and people, I'm sorry, and people are picketing the halfway house, and they are working on getting Turner out of the area. He gets a job at a recycling plant where people are also picketing there as well. The plant fires him to get rid of the picketing. In November 1993, he is sent back to prison when Avery citizens filed a civil lawsuit that led to an appeals court decision that said that the state made an error in the way they calculated his release date. Wow, these people really don't want him around, but he served his sentence and got a job trying to be a productive member of society. Most can't get a job. What are your thoughts on that? Part of me feels like he didn't even serve his full sentence. No, if you murder my child, I'm coming after you, and I hope you never see the light of day. But yeah, no, I agree. So I, I agree with the citizens. I would be. I think it's the first time, though, that I've heard of a court appealing a decision like that because of a civil lawsuit. Because people just didn't want him there. I don't know. 
So in July of 1994, he is scheduled to be released again, but it was blocked when the state wanted to have him committed to secure a mental institution under Wisconsin's new sexual predator law. This new act, act law effective uh, May of 1994 and was designed specifically for two prisoners they currently had. One was Gerald Turner, the other one was Raymond Matz, Matzker, who was convicted of five counts in 1982 for enticing and sexually assaulting eight to 12 year old boys. This was called Turner's Law though. This law states that sexually violent people, a person who has been convicted of a sexually violent offense that has been adjudicated delinquent for a sexual violent offense or has been found not guilty or not responsible for a sexual violent offense by reason of insanity or mental illness effect or disease and who is in, a, in danger or who is dangerous because he or she suffers from a mental disorder that makes it substantially probable that this person will engage in acts of sexual violence. In 1998, the court rules that he is not a sexual predator as the jury decided he didn't fit the description of the Turner Law. It seems pretty ironic that you don't fit the description of a sexual predator in the Turner Law, which is named after <laughs> you. I know, that's crazy. Yes, it is, and that was also with testimony from a former babysitter that was 15 at the time and she alleged that he had raped her and a former girlfriend and two former wives, all alleging he had raped and beat them. His attorney said he doesn't believe he will so much as jaywalk on parole though. So in 2003, Turner was sent back to prison to serve another 15 years. This was when they found pornographic images and well, as well as videos on a computer drive at the halfway house he was staying at. This was a violation of his parole. Uh, yeah, as well as illegal and sick, but he's definitely not a sexual predator. But he didn't jaywalk, <laughs> like, his, like his attorney said. He didn't do that. I'll do the first. You go wrong. He didn't jaywalk. So Turner was released in 2018. Fonda Luke still officially schedules trick-or-treating during the daylight from 3.30 to 5.30 on Sunday before Halloween. I guess this is what happens when the Halloween killer is from her town. Yes. Have a good Wednesday, but don't be wicked. Hard to. <laughs> hey everyone, we really hope that you enjoyed today's show. You have a request for an upcoming show that you'd like to be done? You can email us at murder.mimosas at gmail.com. If you'd like to see the pictures that go along with today's episode, you can check those out on our Instagram. That is at murder.mimosas. And you can also find us on Twitter. Again, that is murder.mimosas. We can't wait to hear from you guys. And we'll see you next week.